This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast. My name is Mark Vance. I am joined today by Laura Wiffler. Laura helps to run an incredible ministry podcast book writing team uh, with her sister uh, called Risen Motherhood, which I think some of you guys will know, but mainly I know Laura because Laura and Mike are members at Cornerstone and friends of ours, and we want to talk about uh, Mother's Day, Laura. So welcome to the podcast. I don't know if we're talking about Mother's Day, though. We can talk mothering. about whatever you want. <laughs> mothering, <laughs> yeah. moms, Mother's Day, all of it, love it. <laughs> but really, here, here's the idea, Laura, for the podcast and kind of going into it for those of you listening, was we're coming up on Mother's Day. But particularly, I wanted to kind of zoom back and talk about why moms matter. And I don't mean just like bringing people into the world, which yeah. seems blatantly obvious mm-hmm. uh, that that's a reason why they matter. But why is it that there's eternal significance to what God calls women to in being a mom. And why is Mother's Day not just a Hallmark holiday, but something that we want to just honor and lift up mothers? So, Laura, I'm going to launch into it with this question. First off, just to get to know you a little bit, okay? Uh, Give us a little bit Laura Whiffler bio, and then kind of get us into kind of what you do with what Risen Motherhood is and kind of what that's all about. Okay. Awesome. Well, first off, thanks for having me today. I'm super excited to be here. I always listen to the Equip podcast. I am very proud of your jingle that you got finally at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> You're very Laura professional. Laura is the reason here. that jingles <laughs> exist, folks, because she listened to the first early when she's like, Mark, I do this. You need to not just start the recording. <laughs> we need the transition. Warm us up a little. Um, but yeah, so my name is Laura. I am a mom to three kiddos. My husband is Mike, and we are members at Cornerstone. We lived in Ames for about three years. Prior to that, we were in Minneapolis and Chicago, kind of moving around there a bit. But I actually grew up uh, in Ames. I went to Gilbert. I went to Iowa State. My husband and I met there. So we have lots of love for the town and just lots of great memories here. Um, I am an author. Uh, I have a couple kids books that are forthcoming, and I co-wrote a trade book uh, with my sister-in-law, who I run Risen Motherhood with. I'm also a podcaster, as Mark mentioned. Uh, I like to think of myself as an entrepreneur a little bit, always kicking around business ideas and things like that. And then, as you mentioned, Mark, I'm the executive director and the co-founder of RM, of Risen Motherhood, sorry, uh, which is a nonprofit that our whole desire and goal is just to bring gospel hope to moms. So we really want to reach moms all around the globe through both print and digital resources that can help them see how their faith applies to their everyday life. So we're just kind of drawing a big line between Sunday morning and Monday morning and kind of saying, hey, moms, there's no separation here. So we produce articles, social media stuff, uh, equipping resources. Everything is free. We're a crowdfunded nonprofit, which is just such a joy to be able to help moms see how the Bible really matters for all of life. So that's kind of a little about me. That's awesome. Okay, so we got the flyover. So we heard a little bit about Risen Motherhood, but if I had to just have you you give it a great little, some connecting points, but boil it down a few key statements here, Laura. Why does a mom need to hear the good news of Jesus and apply it, not just to her eternal destination, but to the diapers, the drudgery, the duty, but also the joy of raising these children that God entrusts to her? 
yeah, I, I want to say like for literally every reason in the book, it will transform everything that a mom does. But but just like anyone else, you know, um, a mom is, is the same as everyone else. We're all sinners in need of a savior. And I think what is so beautiful about when a mom understands the gospel, she understands God's design for her life. And she begins to see that God has purposes, not just, like you said, big eternal ones for, for where she's going in the future, um, but ones that are good purposes that are for her today. And so a lot of something that we do at Risen Motherhood is we walk through kind of, we use a mnemonic device. It's not original to us. I've heard you use it, Mark. Lots of people use it creation, fall, redemption, consummation. And we like to walk through these four pieces to really see how God has an overarching plan for a mom. And I think it helps to explain to her what God's um, original purpose and design is for her life, like we talked about, which is to um, to fill the earth, to, to make disciples, um, to steward the earth. And But then we have the fall, right, where things just don't go as they should. And I think that helps explain a lot for a mom to understand, well, why do we have miscarriage? Why is it so mm-hmm. difficult mm-hmm. Um, yeah. in disciplining my children? Why, why is the day-to-day so hard? Why is it such a grind? And the fall explains those things. But then we have this beautiful piece of redemption. Excuse me. We have this beautiful piece of redemption where we know that Christ came and He made a way for us to join Him in eternity. And uh, He lived the perfect life in our stead. So as moms, a lot of times we feel a lot of guilt. We feel a lot of burden. We feel like, I can't do it. I can't measure up. But it's so beautiful to remember that you know, God isn't looking at our record. He's looking at Christ's record. And so then when we see that it's it's because of what Christ has done for us as our motivations, we can understand that, hey, if I mess up and fail, like that's not what God is seeing. He sees my perfect record of Christ. And so that motivates us then to be humble, to learn, to grow, and to say, I can keep going as a mom because we're working towards that ultimate goal of consummation where we know that Christ is coming back for His people. And so as moms, we always have hope. And that is an amazing thing to have in the midst of the hard things that we face day to day is to know that, hey, I have this future to look forward to, and I may be in the daily grind today, but I know that we're all working, all of creation is working towards this one thing when Christ is coming back for His people. So, that's a kind of a long way, actually, of saying it, but I, I just love walking through it and thinking about it. And for me as a mom, every single piece of that just um, has different meaning and different help, I think, as we process through our day-to-day. Okay, so I'm gonna, we're going to do case studies here, Laura. No prep. Ooh. I didn't prep you on this, okay. so we're going to no. dive into this. But sometimes people will ask me something like, hey, Mark, how do you evaluate something in politics or in culture? And I do the same thing. I say, well, I go back to gospel categories. I connect a gospel category to a present situation and I view the I view the situation through these glasses, these lenses that Jesus has given me to see the world of creation, fall, redemption, and consummation, or new creation. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, what's a recent one you've tackled in RM? Because I know you guys will look at a you'll look at a topic or a situation or something, mm-hmm. and you'll look at it and you'll say, let's use these lenses and let's 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 tackle this a little bit. So, give me one that you've looked at recently, Laura. Well, we've switched to a new format, and so this actually oh, makes it no. a little bit hard. Yeah, we're talking about obedience right now, oh and my. and it's great, but it is it's a little more challenging because it's so broad. But as I think about this, you know, 
it is something where it's interesting to think about the gospel with obedience. And just as a mom, we're talking about how do we be obedient? How do we know what God wants for our lives when we also know that the struggle is so real and it's so hard to follow God's plan or to follow where the Spirit is leading? And so, I don't know, as I think through the four parts of the gospel for something like that, even though I know this feels a little intangible. Should we take it down? Do you want me to do something yeah, more tangible? Even Well, we can, let's do <laughs> obedience, like, okay. uh, first, but then I'm going to, we're going to bring it even further down from obedience. We'll start here and then we'll just keep okay. working down layers. Okay. We'll dive layers down, Laura. It's okay, be great. here we go. Okay. Well, so with obedience, you think about creation, Adam and Eve in the garden, right? They obeyed the Lord. He, he gave them their commands to be fruitful, to multiply, to, to care for the earth. And they were obedient to that until sort of a new voice entered the scene. And immediately when Satan started speaking, they were like, Whoop, we're going to obey you, you know, right away. Right, they changed. Right. And of course we have the fall from that. And so now humans don't want to obey, right? We want all, um, we want to be God just the same way as Eve wanted to. We also want to obey ourselves. We want to um, find our true selves. And what's funny about, I think, humanity, as I think about it a little bit, is that we still want someone to, to tell us what to do, though, right? right like, right. we're still saying, well, what what does the celebrity do? What does this influencer do? What does my best friend do? And so, we're even though we're saying, I'm going to carve my own path, we're still saying, well, culture is going to inform what that path is or what success looks like. Right. Right. You, you even see like that fallenness, Laura, like obedience. I'm drawn in the brokenness of sin to want what is wrong. So maybe, you know, realizing the fall means I, I probably need to doubt my motivations just a little bit. I'm probably not as perfect as I think I am. But not only do I want to want what's wrong, the, the first sin is caused by listening to another voice of authority right. other than God. I want to replace his voice. And so obedience is not just... Uh, my own internal motivation. It's who do I listen to externally that shapes the way I live? Absolutely. And I think that's what moms are constantly asking, right? This is our question is, well, what is good motherhood? Who defines what a good mom is? How do I know who to obey? And so we're looking at, you know, the moms that have gone before us or our mom friends or whomever that may be to define that when ultimately who we need to be looking at is Christ. And we can look at his life moving into redemption and see that Jesus had to learn obedience. You know, we see that in scriptures, he learned that through suffering. So along with us, he, he learned and was, um, he learned obedience through suffering, but he also lived a perfect life. He was perfectly obedient to the father in everything that he did. So he did what we can't do which is why he makes the perfect savior for us. And so then we know, you know, that he he died on the cross for our sins. He rose again three days later and he ascended into heaven. And this is, I think, one of the most hopeful things as a mom is he sent his spirit to come and help us to obey. And so this is where it, we can transform from saying, hey, who do I obey? Like you were talking about of we're still looking for that person to obey where we can say, okay, the Holy Spirit can remind me and puts truth in my heart of who who is my true allegiance to? You know, who does that lie with? And I love it as a mom because I think so often I feel like, well, I cannot do this. I cannot have, I cannot not yell right now in my anger. Or I cannot make a good decision here. I, I don't know what to do, or I don't know how to serve my husband right now. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit in me, I actually have everything that I need to obey. Mm, and that is like... Awesome. Yeah, right? It's like so yeah. hopeful when you really believe that. 
And then you see evidence of it where you say, holy cow, I like, I was peaceful in that moment, or I did trust God in that moment. I didn't have an outburst of anger. I feel like for me, what's been such a beautiful thing is to look back over my life and see evidences of salvation and evidence mm. of redemption where I'm like, that was not Lord Whipler. That, mm. that was the spirit of me. Yeah. There's, there's this old, uh, <laughs> ditty poem. I don't know what you call him. Uh, John Newton used to say, he said, run, John, run the law demands, but gives me neither feet nor hands. Better news. The gospel brings, it bids me fly and gives me wings. And it's, it's almost like that. I want to say, like, run, mom, run. The law yeah. demands. Run, mom. Make your kids perfect, mom. Get them out the door. <laughs> perfectly tailored, mom. You know, get all the groceries done. Go to bed. Have everything put together. Make sure everything is all balanced. Run, mom, run. The law of comparison and Instagram followers demands, mm-hmm. but gives me neither feet nor hands. There's no ability in self-comparison and self-flagellation to motivate yourself to move. But here's the better news the gospel brings. Jesus calls you to something even better than getting your kids out the door. He calls them to shape them into the image of God who created them. But he gives you a spirit. He bids you fly. He gives you wings. He gives you the power to obey his commands. And so that's gospel hope, right? <laughs> and I, that's what, I mean, the ministry of Risen Motherhood is about. It's about bringing gospel good news to, to moms. So, okay, Laura. Yeah, Take, take it one layer even more, like, in the dirt, okay? okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Let's, let's take that one. Uh, getting the kids out the door on Sunday mm-hmm. to church. Let, let's just oh, apply the good news yeah. of Jesus to a mom <laughs> in that scenario. <laughs> I love it. That we have oh, never man. lived. This is other yeah. people. Hypothetical scenarios, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't apply to my life, but it might apply to some other people's No, my kids are perfect on Sundays. Totally, totally. I'm a pastor. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you got to start with creation, and you just think about, you know, how would Adam and Eve have gotten ready for church? Well, they were always with God. You know, I love that. I love that idea that 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 was not not a struggle in creation. Yeah. The way it should be. The way it should be is that we would delight in the Sabbath. We would delight in the, right. the good day of God. That's right. Yeah. The way it should be is that we're still with God walking in the garden, right? But we know because of the fall, there's going to be a lot of pain and turmoil on this earth. And that our kids are going to have bad attitudes. We're going to have bad attitudes. But there is sin in our hearts. There is sin in our children's hearts. And so... This makes Sunday morning so it makes every it can make every morning tough, right? But I think that there can also be a natural inclination for us to say that church isn't worth it, um, that church isn't something that we should prioritize, even though we know from Scripture that God has commanded us to be a part of a body of believers, and that the church is of huge importance to the Christian. But everything in us is fighting against that, and Satan is going to do his worst to keep us away from it. And so, I think that we can look at redemption and think of Christ and his attitude towards the body. I don't know. Gosh, Mark, I'm just like trying to riff on here. But um, his, his attitude towards being with, with his people, right? He yeah. loved being with them. I don't know. What do you think? You're smiling over there. I feel like I'm talking I, I, to my pastor. I, I, I look, know. I think this is great, Laura. I'm putting you okay. right on the spot right now. Because here's the thing is like, you don't, even the gospel, I think the good news, the redeeming work of Jesus is a motivation for why uh, God's gathering with God's people matters. Like it motivates me to get the kid out the door. Like, oh, Jesus loves his bride. I love his bride. 
but it also, in a certain way, I don't know, like, reminds me that there's good news in the the car. Like, I don't know if you've ever mm. gotten the kids into the car and you're in the car driving to church and you're thinking, well, that was a train wreck. That just That's- did not. And so in redemption, I know the shame I feel over like, guys, you're going to church and you're going to like it and you're going <laughs> to smile. Yeah, you know where I feel that shame. Like I just bludgeoned my kid into totally. obedience. Actually, yeah. I can apply the gospel and say, "Daddy's a sinner who's in need of the grace of Jesus, and I'm receiving it right now, and and you receive it too." It lets me both receive grace and give grace because what's been purchased for us in Christ isn't the promise of a perfect car ride, but the promise of forgiven sinners. Mm-hmm. That motivates then, right? The new new creation hope of here's what we're gonna go, kids. We're gonna get a taste. When God's people gather, of one day when yes. God's people perfectly gather, yeah. we're going to yeah. be get, be part of a family that's bigger than just our family, yeah. a family with all sorts of people who are different than us and beautiful because they're made in God's image. And so mm-hmm. there's something of the church that's the anticipation of new creation, motivates absolutely. us to go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's what I was thinking right away. And, and I think, too, it offers us a freedom to be a little bit of a hot mess when we pull into to church, you know, and to just be real with other people, because we know that like, this isn't our identity looking like all polished and perfect when we get to church, but instead we can be very real that, hey, this was a hard day, or this was a tough morning, and we're just thankful to be here. You know, the gospel frees us to say our identity isn't in our church being polished for church. Yep. I love it. So, Laura, message to moms out there. There there is good news for you on good days, on bad days, on all the days. And that's just a way to think about life. Uh, Mm -hmm. Creation and the new creation offers a picture of what is the incredible thing we're cultivating as we raise these little wonderful children who sometimes drive us crazy and sometimes bring us so much delight. Mm -hmm. And so I I want you to I want to put this question to you, Laura. Why is mothering so significant, so Mm -hmm. eternal, just such a high calling? You are devoting your life to resourcing this this one group of people, moms, to to just call them to say, hey, what you're doing matters. It matters. It's significant. Why is it so significant? Well, I always like looking back and, and thinking about how motherhood is not just something that's conjured up by culture. It's not new. It's not something of our modern times. It's been around since the beginning that God decreed that, you know, and, and he talks about it in the third chapter of the Bible, Eve's name sounds like life. And the account in Genesis talks about the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And so we, we talked about this a bit at the beginning of the podcast, but the, the word mother has multiple layers of meaning here. There's both the biological and the spiritual. So, of course, we have the, the biological motherhood that we've been talking about. But I think there's a lot of real beauty in looking at that spiritual side in particular. This gives hope, too, to um, foster care and adoption relationships or really any woman who may not be a biological mother, but she is able to invest in children and to be a spiritual mother to so many. And so, with that, I think this is where the real hope of the work that I do with my biological kids and the work that I do with with all the kids that are in my life that I want to help disciple and shape is that God has designed that we are essential. Mothers are essential to the formational, I'm sorry, to the spiritual formation and the upbringing of these children. And so along with dads, 
we can teach our children the redemptive story. We can teach them God's character, God's law. We can train them in wisdom. And, and all of this is done with the hope of seeing our children walk in righteousness someday for them to grow up and to know and love Jesus. And so our job is eternally significant because day in and day out, like our goal is to reflect God's heart to these kids and to make Jesus so beautiful and so real that they fall in love with him too. So there's a beautiful duplication effect that isn't just bound to DNA, it's bound to eternal souls. And that is what is so incredibly exciting with this role in being a mom is that really my job is to love God. Like Mm. that's the best Mm -hmm. job ever. And it's to just show my kids how much I enjoy him, how much I want to obey him, how much I want to spend time with him. And that's always perfect, of course. But that is a really exciting thing to get to do and to be able to show kids what the way of following Jesus looks like. You know, we, man, it's a long time. It feels like Laura, since my kids were, kids were really little, uh, but it really isn't that long in scope of life. And Crystal and I, when our kids were really little, you, you just go through the grind of it sometimes. And I remember there was like a, I don't think it was a moment as much as a dawning turning point in our attitude toward our, our family and our kids were, we used to think like, man, I want to get done with diapers so I can start doing something important. You know, like diapers, unimportant. Let's get done with this so I can do a Bible study, important, you know, or (laughs) something like that. And I think a huge turning point shift happened when we realized of all of the people made in the image of God in the universe, like of all of them, Owen, Avery, and Reed, God gave to us, mm-hmm. only to us in this special way, you know, with this special role that they are the, of all the eternally significant things we would get to do with our lives together, Crystal and I had the charge to nurture and form and shape in light of the good news of Jesus, image bearers, mm-hmm. and they had our name on them, and like our DNA in them, they were stamped with it. it. It was a transformational thought where I'm like, man, maybe I need to get away from a Bible study to get back to the eternally significant work of shaping these children and, and changing diapers. Mm-hmm. Because those are the only image-bearer diapers that I get to change thousands of times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just it was like a, a light bulb mm-hmm. thing for Crystal. And I was like, these mm-hmm. are our image-bearers. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, God gave them to us. Wow. Well, I'm convinced that it will be changing diapers and it will be scrubbing the floors and staying up late to pick up the house or get ready for the next day. Those are the things that are going to impact your kids for eternity, perhaps more than any conversation that you have, you know, and that those mundane moments that we feel like don't matter at all. And no one sees, like I look back and I was very blessed to be raised by Christian parents that really love the Lord with their whole hearts. And I remember a few conversations, maybe, but what I mostly remember is just watching them serve and watching them love others and watching them be patient when something was hard. And so I do think like that, that's such a common thing is like, hey, let's let's get to the Bible study, let's get to the devotions. And those are important to be sure. I don't want to knock those. But if your heart is like super angry while you're doing them or you're force feeding your kids, like take a little break, you know, and just focus on your heart attitude throughout the day. Cause I think it's those car rides. It's those, you know, after practice type of things or playing baseball in the backyard or whatever it might be. Those are the things that your kid's going to say, man, I really saw Jesus in my dad because he served my mom in that way. Or he, he loved me 
um, in the middle of the night whenever I was puking or whatever that is. They're going to see Jesus through that. Well, Laura, I'm super thankful for you as a friend. We love you and Mike and uh, thankful for Risen Motherhood, the work that you guys do. And for all the moms and maybe dads and others listening in today, uh, moms, we want to say thanks to you. Thanks for a million mundane deposits of grace that you've made to people who are made in God's image, who are beautiful. Thanks for the unseen things that you've done through all of our lives to help us and to love us. And we literally wouldn't be here without you. So moms, (laughs) this podcast is for you. Laura, thanks for being part of it. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me.